0: you, your lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Three, two, one. Hello there, my name is Martin Henley. This is the Effective Marketing Company YouTube channel. And if you've spent a second here, you will know that I am on a mission to give you everything you need to be successful in your business. Now, as far as I'm aware, the only way for you to be successful in your business is by being more effective with your sales and marketing. So not only on this channel am I giving you everything I know about sales and marketing, I'm also giving you everything I can extract from anyone who will talk to me about sales and marketing. So, today's guest has been managing events since 2003 for businesses including Oracle and CNBC in Saudi Arabia. Um, he is Director of Customer Advocacy and Community Engagement at Insider, the Insider Reshape Conference, which attracted this year such luminaries as Barack Obama and our very own Jonas Danafield, which is how come he is speaking to us today. When I asked him, is there something quirky I can tell people about you, he told me that he has lived and worked on three continents, he is an eternal optimist, he loves to be in love, and he can get as fluffy about things as we could possibly imagine. Today's guest is Steve George. Hello, Steve.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Martin. Great to meet you. By the way, I do see only myself in here in case you wanted to put yourself right next. Yes, you're
0: there. So that I can put your name title up and your job description. That's why that will happen. So people know exactly who you are and where you are from. So we have to go quick today. We've only got 45 minutes and it normally takes longer than this. So you your specialty subject today is customer marketing. Cool. And you don't think this gets enough airtime. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bit shocked I I thought there only was such thing as customer marketing, like... Oh, unless you're talking about marketing to existing customers. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Marketing to existing customers.
0: Okay, good. So you market to get customers, and then you should market if you're sensible to your existing customers. Okay, good. We're going fast. So just to reiterate for everyone, the format is very simple. There's only five questions. First question is, how are you qualified to talk to us about customer marketing? The second question is, uh, who do you work with and how do you add value in their lives? The third question is, what is your recommendation for people who want to get better at customer marketing? And the fourth question is, what should people read? And the fifth question is, who will you throw under the bus um, who might enjoy to have one of these conversations with me? So question number one, how, how are you qualified, Steve George, to talk to us about customer marketing? Before we do that, Really, is this an issue? People don't know that they should be marketing to their
1: customers? You think it should be evident, right? Uh, you should be marketing customers. But let, let, me, let me paint the scenario for you a little bit. Um, we have tens of thousands, tens of, thousands of customers, I'm uh, sorry, uh, SaaS companies today, right? Yes. Let's take the, the field of tech. HR tech, f- FinTech, MarTech, Go in any kind of tech. Only 15% of these companies have a function called customer marketing. And I'll tell you why that makes a bit of a difference, right? Uh, These are the companies, this 15% I mentioned about, they're the ones who have got a defined objective, strategy, goal that they want to achieve with this this function. The rest of them have, you know, it rolled under the the general marketing function, which is great, but there's just so much for you to do. We are in a hyper-scaled, you know hyper growth model of business today so if i was going to 2002 when i started work uh, you know it was a very different landscape right you didn't have the headache of okay are they going to stay are they going to leave every single year that question was never there because once you invested in a the technology they were going it'll take time for me to, to learn something different it'll take time to to you know integrate it to my existing processes get the team skilled up to do all that Today is not that, today people can change technology within you know, a six month period, three month period. It takes three to six months to use Insider in any company, any size, any business model, right? And that's as, as long it takes for a company to, to be lost to another business, right? And we hear this all the time, why does this matter? Let me bring that also. So let me paint you the picture a little bit more deeper. Um, a SaaS, in a SaaS company uh, with a customer marketing function, they are the ones who, who know what their customer needs. They know who they're going to get those testimonials from, those assets from. They know who they're going to have as a referral for another sales deal, right? And this is where it matters. These customers don't want to just keep giving and giving and giving back to a business that's supposed to be giving back to them. These customers want to know that you are thinking about them, their business, their KPIs they need to hit. So within Insider, we have broken that down to, I have my advocacy, I have my loyalty part. The advocacy part is where we've got the top-notch advocates giving us peer reviews on G2 Gartner, doing those amazing analyst interviews on Forrester, etc. Uh, we've got those events that we do only for our customers or for a larger audience, where the customers are like, "Yeah, I want to speak about, you know, how how we're using Architects, how we're using Smart Recommender," and that's important to us. That's the advocacy part. The loyalty part is where we are giving back to our customers. Do we know what training they need, what skills they need to be uh, that need to be developed? Do we know how much of the product that we are, you know, asking them to use? Are they aware of? can we help them by giving them better trainings can we uh, kind of do a pairing almost like a dating scene but we do pairings based on you know what is this customer trying to achieve are they interested in in growing to a different market? would they be willing to from Singapore willing to speak with someone in Latin because they have set up their business model that way that they want to you know uh, speak to others in Brazil or, or Mexico or the US So this is the difference
0: between the two. Okay, good. Good. Okay, so just so people know, because I don't know, actually, so just so I know, can you explain to me what Insider is? So you are a SaaS provider, and then also um, this Insider Reshape conference and maybe some of the other events that you're involved with, just to give us a bit of context and then i am desperate to speak to you about the, the the subject of customer marketing because this is the first time i've ever heard it described this way <laughs> but i absolutely want to have that conversation
1: sure sure let me explain uh, Insider now Insider's, wow when i joined Insider in 2019 i was going wow this company exists and it was a marvel to me uh and what it means is in eight years this company with six founders you know our ceo is a lovely woman uh she, she basically, you know, with the team, took this company to 28 different markets. We are a MarTech company. We're a MarTech platform. What does that mean? Anyone can be a MarTech platform. True. We serve over 800 brands. You know, you could think of the global brands like Ikea, Lazada, to Samsung, Nissan, to the local brands like Madeira Madeira in, in Brazil, to, um, you know, Ingatlan in Hungary. So we work with all of them. How do we work with these high-growth startups to enterprise brands? Um, now, customers—if I take customers right now, your your consumer for any and every B two C brand—they are fragmented across different digital uh, platforms, right? So, I as a consumer—I'm taking myself as an example right now, but uh, you know, you're in Bali, so so you could you could think of that as an experience as well. Consumers want to interact with brands where they're comfortable it could be from the comfort of their home it could be from you know a metro where they're you know traveling to work or or back it could be on a mobile app if you're lucky to get the customers to download your app and engage with you on that or it could be on social channels like facebook or whatsapp uh, or email let's say if you've got a lovely loyalty based subscriber base Uh, what we do as insider is help create that journey for the customer whichever platform you're on whether you're online, whether you are uh, you know uh, on Facebook, whether you're on a website, whether you're on an app, whether you're on an email, we create those personalized journeys for our customers with trigger points with you know what is the business uh, need for that particular season that that product launch for that particular month for that moment it's all about the moments that matter for customers. And we are there to help our customers get those personalized journeys to uh, their customers at scale. I hope that makes sense.
0: It makes sense. We're going to have to have another conversation, Uh, another day about that whole uh, thing. That sounds sounds quite exciting. yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So, okay, let's not go open that can of worms. I'm really interested in that idea. So is there... Okay, let's not open that can of worms. Customer marketing. The issue for me with marketing, in as much as there is an issue, is that it is too fluffy. Oh, good. And the issue with that is that it has a reputation for being too fluffy, i.e. it doesn't deliver value or it doesn't deliver a discernible value. This is the understanding of marketing that I am at war with, because there are two metrics that take away that excuse altogether. The one is the cost of customer acquisition cost. So what I tell people is if you are proactively marketing, you are in the business of buying customers. Of course, you need to be careful about talking about buying people in that way. I'm not saying that, you know, you are buying the opportunity to have customers, and then the second metric is lifetime customer value so what people don't know is that in corporations in the top 500 businesses in the world the average cost of customer acquisition is somewhere in excess of 30% of turnover so essentially yes. a third of what you you spend in your business a third of what you make in your business goes into acquiring customers and most businesses don't even know that they're doing this, so they don't have that cost in their minds. So literally, if they're selling at a 20% margin, they're losing 10% every time they take on a customer. That's the first part of the equation. The second part of the equation is lifetime customer value, which yeah. is what you're doing, which is customer marketing. There's a thing that I quote over and over and over again. At the beginning of the, the naughties in the UK, What the government did, in the way the governments do, is they employed a load of, just past it, middle-aged men who might have been company directors, etc., And they sent them out as consultants, government-paid-for consultants, to consult with small businesses. And they called that Business Link. And they did a study that found that it is 17 times more expensive to find and win a new customer than it is to sell to an existing customer. So... Having said all of this, this is why I'm desperate to have this conversation. I've got an idea of why it doesn't happen. I'll tell you this because I've spoken too much. So I'll say this one thing and then I'll get out of the road. I'm much more interested in what you have to say. People don't speak to their existing customers because they think, your face dropped like a stone (laughs) then, because they think if people are continuing to give them money, then some weird hoodoo has gone on and they shouldn't mess that up by making the customer aware that they are still taking their money that's everything i think about this now you tell me about um about customer marketing
1: all right let me paint uh, let me share a little bit more data here right the reason you take five times more time to sell to a new acquisition customer is they may not know you well enough, they may not have heard of you, they do not have any references to your technology, your products, right? So this is where that's that one big challenge there. This is where customer marketing really plays a huge part. Okay, and this is the advocacy part I was talking about. So let's say you've got into a new market, let's take ooh, UK as an example, right? You've worked with the UK's uh Let's take Company X. Company X has another base in Singapore, right? A very smart business business decision uh, inside of it was they they focused on Asia first, moved into Europe, and now, of course, across the Americas. So what was really smart for us is winning the customer base in, in APAC, Singapore, right? And using that knowledge, that working knowledge with a particular customer, saying, "Hey, would this be applicable to someone in in Europe?" This is where customer marketing really comes into play, right? We see this all the time at Insider. Customers across geographies are recommending us to each other. So now you see how that acquisition cost goes down quite a bit. Yes. The the second part you 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 asked about is. Okay, Steve. Now, why are we not selling to our existing customers more? This is the conundrum. This is something I don't get. Every investment guru on the planet will tell you 90% of your investment comes. Sorry, 90% of your revenue comes from your existing customers. If you're not allocating at least 10 to 15% of your budgets, at least I say this, to retaining customers to upselling to your customers, to expanding some of those opportunities to cross sell other products, you're hitting yourself, you know, in the backside. (laughs) Uh, Because there's this base of customers who who are willing to work with you, who believe in your product, and you just need to tell them what more they could do with the existing set of products you've got. And that already is a great revenue model, Now, of course, you have to still, you know, acquire new customers, and this is where marketing, you know, breaks off a little bit. The reason why marketing is a lot of fluff, uh, and this is something I've been, uh, you know, kind of putting the screws to as well, is because we don't know our customers. There's a general model of marketing where let's just spray. And pray that somebody out of the 15 million people we've just reached out to is going to re- is going to re- realize that we have a great product. Versus let's draw personas. If at Insider, uh, you know, we have different levels of communication with those who are in senior management to those who are using the product or in the managerial executive levels. So why would I want to mix that kind of messaging if it doesn't hit the mark? Yes. Does that answer some of those questions?
0: It answers some of those. The thing is, we're both answering the same question, which is why is this so stupid? Why does nobody do this? <laughs> because for me, like what I tell people is that, like, people want to talk about, oh, this, I'm, I don't, I'm not that sort of person that does that. Let's talk about the secrets of marketing. There's no secret of marketing. You know, do some marketing so, is kind of the secret of marketing. But if there is a secret to marketing, if there is a question at the core of every marketing initiative for every business on the, on the face of the planet is what is the value that we are delivering? Who knows the answer to that question?
1: I love this question, by the way, and I'll, I'll tell you something that, uh, that insider has done, right? So at insider, uh, the powers that be all decided hey guys look marketing is great we've been getting an amazing pipeline of of leads everything else is great but let's turn marketing into a revenue generating engine right right this conversation was what i've been waiting to hear from everybody right so by default if you look at the early 2000s to you know let's say let's say even till 2010 The idea was marketing's job is to get 25% of the leads to my sales guys. Yep. From there, marketing can do simple touch points, simple nurtures, make sure that I'm creating enough, you know, uh, fluffy assets as you call them. You know, it could be a ebook, it could be a brochure, it could be an event uh, collateral, it could be case studies. That was all great, but, As you get into twenty fifteen and now, because you know you've had this unfortunate case of the pandemic turning into endemic, and the way people are working, and this is why SaaS has got this extra boost, I would say it's just accelerated a lot of those digital transformations which should have, anyways, been going in twenty twenty two should happen. Um, What's happened is people have realized, companies, CEOs have realized that if marketing is not driving revenue. I can downscale my marketing quite a bit. I don't need 15,000 events out there if I can make do with 10 webinars, if I can create round tables, right? And that shift in mentality has changed the way we perceive things. Now, this has brought two problems. One, marketing is completely external facing, which is we are driving, or, or most SaaS companies, are looking at just driving more leads, more acquisition, more collateral to make sure we are the number one out there. That's the first problem. The second problem is a lot of the CMOs are not aware that they need to focus and put time into creating a customer marketing strategy. That's, that's the two challenges that is becoming apparent Right? You will see a lot more customer marketing job descriptions right now. By the way, if anyone's interested in joining Insider in the customer marketing team, I'm I'm hiring. Uh, but yes, if companies are not aware of this, it will become evident very soon. This is the year where we are pivoting slowly but surely towards creating these decisions, these strategies that we need to focus more on, on our customers. Uh, and it you can't just do a round table a quarter or a annual catch up to say, my customers are happy. They're not because you're not serving the individual customer's needs. If you don't have a customer marketing function, you don't know what trainings they need. You don't know what kind of assets they require. You don't know what kind of upsell content they need to, or or cross-sell content they need to know about a particular product and how it served others in their industry, in their geography.
0: Yeah, and I'm hundred yeah. percent. So the answer to the question, "Who knows what value are you you are delivering?" is your customers, because there isn't a customer, I mean, there might be a few, there might be some, but the vast majority of people businesses don't continue to pay your invoices unless you are delivering value for them. So what goes on in the world, I think, is market marketers sit in their silo scratching their heads i wonder what now before it gets to marketing product development sit in their silo trying to imagine all the challenges that the the market might be facing and how to fix them then marketing sit in their silo wondering about how they're going to develop messages who they're going to target and what messages they're going to develop and how they're going to land them then sales people sit in their silo thinking, well, how on earth are we going to sell this product? We're not getting leads. And for me, the alternative to this, which is clearly much better, is a virtuous cycle where you win a customer because however you win that first customer, by luck you manage to hit on something that addresses a challenge that they have. Now you have the ear of that customer and they might tell you about other challenges that they might have that you could develop products for and they will tell you what the value of those products are which informs your messaging and your targeting and then you send your sales people out to make it as easy as possible for them to buy this thing and hear about more of the challenges that they might be having which then feeds your product development so it just goes round and round and round and round and round yeah. and up and up and up forever like i'm glad you told me you're an eternal optimist This isn't the year that this is changing, brother. Like, it might be happening in your business, but this has never changed in the history of time. And I don't believe it's changing now. If if anything is happening, it is a fad that will be completely forgotten in eight months' time because businesses refuse the beauty of this logic, the sensibility of this process, because for some reason, they want to put all these things in all of these silos – You know, I was selling software at one time in my life. We had boffins creating stuff, solutions. And then it's like, go sell it. And we go talk to people and they're like, it's not what we want. We want this and that and the other. And then we go back to the business and say, you know, they're not actually into this, but we had a really nice lunch and they told us that they need this and this and this. And they're like, you're not in product development. Don't listen to them. Don't tell the boffins. You know, it's This is insane, this situation. This is insane. The alternative is a virtuous cycle. You know yeah sorry i'm i'm on one because i really feel strongly no, about no, no.
1: this <laughs> no and you're right right so a lot of my business is to talk to other SaaS uh, vendors as well right that's that's the way it is right I, I love events i love you know generating content for events that means i get to talk to a lot of people yes and of course i'm customer marketing so i can speak to all my customers as well yes um a general problem SaaS companies will have and this is a management problem if your product marketing if your product development if your marketing if your sales and your account uh, or your your customer success teams don't talk to each other your business is doomed to fail you are doomed to have high churn rates you're going to have very low retention rates you're going to have uh, you know a lot of customers constantly complaining You're going to have your own team complaining because nobody's listening to them and this is working in silos yes um one of the lovely things i I think i've seen with insider and this could be just because you know i saw it for the first time with insider is the second i I joined the company this is for all of our regional marketers the customer success team the accounts team uh the account managers the marketing the sales guys sat together We have these monthly and bi-weekly meetings to make sure we are serving our markets really well. My job becomes even easier when this happens because customer marketing is a function that sits between sales, marketing, customer success. And it is being fed a lot of content from product marketing because that's the company's directive of how they're moving forward. Product marketing and product development take a lot of feedback from customer success. Teams because they are the ones who are boots on the ground, working with customers day in day out. This cycle is if it's not created in a in a SaaS company, you cannot be the next Adobe. You cannot be the next Insider, right? Uh, and I say this very openly and, and uh, just just to bring that you know, is an optimist? There's the one thing I, I I really loved about a conversation I had yesterday on my podcast with Ankesh Agarwal from from for Um, And he said, I don't need to change the world, I just need to be able to influence one person. I go by that strategy completely. If I can even change one person's mind this year to include a customer marketing function in their companies, I'm at a much better place than I was last year. And because this domino effect will pick up, it's like Uber, the first company, i think uber was still the first company but the first company that that you know said okay everyone can be a taxi everyone can be a rider everyone can be a driver you've got a car you can drive from point a to point b they started that and then everyone else picked up and all that lovely stuff delivery companies you know it was ups fedex uh, dhl when i was growing up nowadays you've got so many more of those delivery companies there's a lovely new concept called dark stores now Right, These are all coming up because the market is evolving, and it takes one person to push that. Make that small change, and then others pick up. I'm not the first person to take customer marketing, by the way. I'm not. But I'm a huge advocate to make sure your customers' experiences come before everything else. And that is the only way to, for SaaS to survive.
0: Yeah, but I think this goes way beyond SaaS. This is... true. I mean, I think probably SaaS has a better approach to marketing than because you have the margins, because you have, you know, you have the the yield, you know, there's no limit to how many times you can roll out your software, for example. So I think this goes way beyond SaaS. But I think there's data. Is there data about how many um softwares are bought by corporations and never implemented
1: <laughs> i used to know this back in 20 so i, I used to work for this company called um, yeah lovely company it, it, it's the the american story right started off from a garage grew up into this big company it's across the globe um i did know this uh, in 2010 2013 i cannot tell you today how many softwares are there but I can tell from personal uh, conversations with a lot of my customers back then, was they would buy a product because the head office said so. Right? They couldn't use it because they didn't have the skill sets. It didn't match the market. There were some legalities behind not being able to use the, the product in those markets, which the head office was not aware of when they bought or purchased the product and tried to push it down. And this is the unfortunate part of customer experiences too. You, there is no one, and this is a lovely part about customer marketing, another segue there, is you need to also be culturally sensitive to what works. If I do a a webinar today on WhatsApp for marketing, right, it's great in Europe, it's amazing in India, but the majority of, of Asia is not ready for it, right? Australia uses SMS marketing today, Yeah, also another product, but they use SMS marketing. They don't care about WhatsApp. So I cannot push the same content down there as well. I can't do a webinar, you know, with the same effect in Vietnam and hope to do literally a translation of that event in the UK. And this is where you have to change your model of work the same way you have to change your, your, your technologies that you use or the channels you use. I would say channels, not technologies, but change the channels you use to communicate with your customers. Whether it's B2C or B2B, it's the same thing. The, the human psyche, the human way of, of connecting to things is always gonna be the same. You're gonna be just as impressed with an amazing experience, uh, you know, fine dining, et cetera, as another person anywhere else in the world. But it's the point where that makes a difference. So if I'm a customer who's pissed off, I'm about to churn, I don't really like anything about this product. And I'm saying, hey, guys, look, I want to give you this, this, you know, amazing experience going to to Fiji or Bali. It will not make a difference if I don't understand what is causing that problem. And that's where customer marketing really sits in, is to understand how do we create those touch points with the customers at different levels? without you know uh without trying to create our own agenda and say okay i'm only going to do events because that's all i'm I, I want to do
0: yes it was there's a conversation going up this tuesday um so where are we now it's going to be like the 20th 21st of february um with a guy called jamie Bader, and he was selling high level software in australia um and he said he did a survey, I don't know how they did it, or he had access to a survey. And it was the top five objections that salespeople face when they're selling um, software technology. And it was something like, salesperson's not listening, um, they, they, they can't meet the budget, something else, something else. But the, in that five was, we don't believe we'll ever get this implemented which kind of comes full circle to where we started, which is this idea that businesses don't believe that they're delivering value. And in that instance, if they provide the software and it never gets implemented, or it doesn't get implemented properly, or never gets used, then they're clearly not providing any value, you know? So, yeah, so this 100% makes sense to me. Um,
1: I'm interested in-, just, just, in touch, just touch one point on that, Martin. Now. Uh, Within SaaS, and this could be the old school way of thinking versus what's being done right now, right? So, so we we recently uh, purchased a few different uh, products on our for our, for ourselves, uh, and I was looking at you know the onboarding process between what we do for our customers versus what I'm getting uh, as as a customer from another SaaS vendor. Uh, one thing that we do at Insider is that there is a period of getting the first campaign out right so your onboarding process is let's get to identify all your business kpis in the next three months time let's draw the map on how we're going to get there and this is what our account managers do this is what our customer success managers do they identify the biggest hurdles in being in being able to implement that three-month program because face it when you have a new product you're not going to think of the whole year from a executor's level. Your, your product, or oh, sorry, your, your uh, worth of strategy comes from your decision maker. So this could be a CMO, this could be your e-commerce director, et cetera. The person who's gonna execute it is only thinking about the next three months because I need to learn a new product. I need to be able to use this and make sure that my boss doesn't think I'm useless at this, at this job, right? So this is understanding your customer. If you can get that three months right, the rest of your journey with your customer is smooth sailing because you've created wrapper, you've created education, you've trained them to be able to use this product by themselves and you're there to help them. So we do these business reviews, we make sure that our customers are always succeeding and inside we call our customers partners because we are, their success is our success and it's not separated
0: but i think i think you are blessed steve because you have found yourself in a company that (laughs) thinks like this because my experience is you know from my career working in tech companies um working in all kinds of companies and then me running my business since 2005 and working with lord knows a thousand different businesses is that this isn't their attitude. And this is why I don't think this is the year where this yeah. changed. You are blessed because you found yourself in this situation. And I would fall over if more than 1% of businesses actually had this same attitude. Because my experience is the opposite. And they're not even understanding marketing, let alone customer marketing. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, mm-hmm. it's I think it's a bit of a disaster. Um, I'm feeling under pressure I want to ask you about these events and this one, because we have to finish now in 10 minutes, this one, this Reshape, Insider Reshape conference where you had Barack Obama speaking. Um, So this was, you were director of that, is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, Let me touch upon why we brought this up. And this also comes back to the service attitude, the experience culture we've got at Insider, right? This is 2020. We're in March we go into lockdown and all of a sudden the whole world starts changing right you you start hearing about furloughs you start hearing about you know uncertainty in the job market you start hearing about businesses shutting down because they don't know how to deal with this there's this slight digital pivot and then there's the russian race to it that was 2020 for us i will touch on two things here one i am you're right i am blessed to be working at Insider because we were one of the few companies that chose not to lay a single person off. In fact, we did not lay a single person off. The company had a very strong culture towards employees. Now, I also believe each employee is an ambassador. Now, what happened here and why we created Reshape is we started talking to our customers. We started talking to our community of prospects, you know, those we are trying to sell to and ask how can Insider help? There was one question that, that a lot of my close customers who I really have that interaction almost on a monthly basis said is, Steve, you've got a lot of events experience. Insider's got a lot of amazing customers. Can we create something that is, is, you know, able to bring all these uncertainties in one place? And can we discuss about this? Now, this doesn't, go, doesn't didn't come from me. This came from our senior management, right? From the point of that conversation till execution was six weeks. In June 2020, we put together one of the biggest leadership summit on the planet. 2021, we, and, and you mentioned this before, there's only one degree of separation between people these days. Having President Barack Obama, having, you know, uh, Martin Sorrell, Sir Martin Sorrell, right? Uh, one of the gods of of advertising and agency business to every single person. We had two hundred forty speakers last year, across ninety countries. We had fifteen or sixteen thousand attendees. I can't remember the exact number. On the days of the event, it was it was breathtaking. But it all started because we wanted to serve our customers and we wanted to bring to light some of the uncertainties and discuss them. And there weren't. I, I won't say there was any solution that came out from the event but the discussion led to changes, strategic changes, process changes, and changes in how leadership worked across CX, customer experience, that's that's our bread and butter, across leadership, because they had to understand the value of investing time, money, and training their employees and using technologies to a a new, uh, you know, a a new uh, community we've started called Shimarchables which was a byproduct of Reshape. All it did was it enforced the idea that we need to invest more time, energy on, on developing the skill sets to the lovely women in digital CX, And to that extent, we are now running our uh, first SheMarkables webinar on the 2nd of March with the global CMO of uh, Netflix, Cosma St. John. So, you know, it's just these conversations that we keep having and trying to add value to our customers and to the community that we serve.
0: Right. I watched yesterday, and I've got a bit of an issue with Gary Vaynerchuk. I hope he's not a mate of yours.
1: (laughs) I do know Gary, yes. (laughs) Okay,
0: so the issue I've got is that it was a thing he did a couple of weeks ago at a um, Sage conference, Sage World Conference thing. Yes. But he was saying to people, just do a podcast, you know, just do that and then you'll be successful kind of a thing. He's not exactly saying that. I've said this to people myself. I've said, like, the opportunity of social media is to step into the media's shoes and be that step closer to your market, to your customers. Um And I still kind of believe that, but Gary V did put my nose out when he said, you know, just do that and you'll be (laughs) successful. The point is you've done this on a grand scale. You've stepped into the shoes, not even of a media, but of an events organizer in your industry and you are that much closer to your market. So the only point I want to make about that is that there must be value in that for you to have done it twice, you know, so that's really good. Man, we've got five minutes left, and we've only done question number one. <laughs> uh,
1: we'll, do a, we'll do a follow-up to this. I, I, I Let's do a follow-up. We should do. Yes, we should. Uh, but what can, I, what can I leave the audience with? What can, I, what can I add which I have not added in the next five minutes?
0: You're asking me?
1: Yes. What would you like the last message from Steve to be for this particular podcast? I think I want – we're going to have to
0: have a whole other conversation because you've just taken the lid off things this time around. So you have customer success teams and you have account management teams and you have sales teams and you have customer marketing.
1: It's a fairly new division within Insider. It's growing, yes, but we have taken that first step a year and a half ago, right? So yeah. it's still growing and I would say there's a lot we can do but yes. Okay. Right.
0: Man, I don't think there needs to be a final I mean if I think if we've landed that message today your example is is clearly demonstrating the value of doing this. You know, maybe you could give us a sense of if you've the a sense of the kind of value maybe that you have achieved in the time that you've been in this role. That might be useful
1: yeah uh, okay so, so you know we started this this conversation where there are tens of thousands of SaaS products out there you can you can throw a, a, a shoe in the crowd and you know you're gonna well don't throw a shoe but you, you're gonna hit someone who's working in a SaaS company don't assault okay. anyone on our advice
0: uh, we won't be there when you go to court please don't
1: exactly it's only figurative guys do not take it literally uh, um but in the in the last year and a half to two years time, we have propelled Insider's advocacy to a point where we are number one. You can look at any any chart out there, whether you're on G2, you're on Gartner, you're on Forrester, you're on IDC. We are there, we are up on the chart, we're number one. And that's not because, you know, yes, Insider is an amazing and fantastic product. I don't doubt that. But our customers have stepped up and said, you know what? I love the experience with Insider. I want to talk about it. That's achievement number one. Yes. And that took us about two years, right? It took us about a year and a half, two years time. Second one, our upsell revenue I still say it's in its infancy, but it's getting there. We've started doing ABM eBooks and ABM marketing to our existing customers, which is a huge achievement. Because before that, if you look at any part of marketing, it was always ABM eBooks for new customer acquisition. It takes you literally two days to put an ABM eBook together if marketing and sales works together with customer success, two days. You can do it for every one of your accounts within a quarter if you've got a huge database of customers right and that's achievement number 2 achievement number 3 today i can i can call my customers friends and partners because we have that relationship with them and this could be any level right and this is not just you know steve george the customer marketing person no 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 this is every single person within our marketing function they are customer marketers themselves so yes. it's that shift in, in mentality, and that is a third achievement, I would say, uh, it is what we have. And the thing is, your best
0: salespeople are your customers. When when they go to people who know and trust them and say, this has delivered huge value for us, then people believe it, which is um, what I need you to do for me now. I need you to refer me to two people who will come and endure One of these conversations, (laughs) you and I are going to have to do a part two. So we're going to have to schedule that. Who do you think might enjoy to have one of these conversations with me?
1: I have have three of them, if you're interested. So uh, someone I really think you would enjoy speaking to is Martin Maru. Uh, He's a programmatic genius. He used to be at Prislin Campina. Now he is at a company called Borzo in Netherlands. Uh, It's in the delivery tech space. David Bolsher, uh, sorry, David Boshler. I apologize. Uh, he's the VP of APAC for Content Square. Uh, he's done an amazing business growing the B2B business, uh, you know, the SaaS business in digital experiences in all of APAC. Brilliant guy. Uh, Excellent. Third one would be Anurag Gupta from ADA. Uh, agency side, uh, one of the few independent agencies still existing on the planet. Uh, He's he's a fun, creative mind. He's a great leader again, but he's also taking the business. He's the chief strategy officer at ADA, so he's taking the business uh, and the customer experiences of the business to a new level as well.
0: Excellent. That would be brilliant. Can I ask you to put together like a little um, introduction on LinkedIn saying i've done this and i enjoyed it or otherwise and it would be great if you could do it and then i will pick it up from there okay we're gonna have to say goodbye man because but this has been too short so we will definitely do this again very because you've just put a a head full of questions in my head so now it's full um so (laughs) we will do this again shortly if that's cool
1: i look forward to it thank you so much for that martin and it was a pleasure to be on the show
0: You're an absolute legend. Thank you so much, Steve.
1: Cheers. Have a great time.
0: You too. Cheers, mate. Okay, I'll stop the recording there. Okay, man. Um, Thank you so much. This is cool, but there's just so much I want to ask you.